Okay, so who do we have here today? His name's Joe Jennings. Hello. Skydiver extraordinaire. <laughs> so, um, so we talked about um, basically uh, extreme advertising. We are discussing that earlier. Is basically what you do. So why don't you tell, uh, tell our listening audience exactly what you do and who you are. Yeah, so basically when a producer wants to use skydiving uh, as part of their advertising or a movie or whatever they're doing, um, they'll have a storyboard or a shot list that they want to accomplish and um, they might need a, a helmet camera flyer and there's, there's not a whole lot of people who do that and of course I'm trained in it. Um, and so you know, I'll be the person they call often to shoot a project. But what, what also ends up happening is that um, they need, you know, a location, aircraft, skydivers, riggers, all that stuff. And I'll put the whole team together. And then uh, after everything is put together, I'll have somebody else take over coordinating for the day that I'm working. I'll shift gears and choreograph the action and film it. Awesome. So for the people who are wondering who Joe Jennings is right now and you're looking him up, <clears throat> Joe Jennings is a aerial, aerial cinematographer. So Joe, let's take us back, way back, to why you got into video production and how you ended up jumping out of airplanes with video gear. So take us way back to the very beginning. Well, I mean, it... it, it it, it goes back to custom video productions, believe it or not. Um, you know, I saw what you were doing with custom video productions. Um, I saw an opportunity. I liked cameras. I saw an opportunity to maybe get into it. And uh, you encouraged me and, and helped me to, you know, to, to pick out the equipment to... Um, you know, with, with contracts and forms and pricing and all of that. and Yeah, but that had nothing to do with skydiving, right? Well, it had nothing to do with skydiving, but that's really what got me into videography. Gotcha. And um, so, you know, I got into it, and I, and I really liked it. But at the same time, um, I was also into skydiving, and, and I liked flying camera. I like, you know, shooting video for people who were doing their first jumps, you know, just basic skydiving videos. And so I remember getting a call from you. You were, you had moved to California mm -hmm. and uh, you said, hey, I, I gotta, I'm going skydiving today. And I'm like, you're out of your friggin' mind. I'm like, that's dangerous. You're like, I don't know. I want to try it. I'm like, I'm like, I guess, but I just think that's Super risky. So, uh, with that being said, how many jumps have you under your belt right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, it, you know, it became a career, right? So I've got thirteen thousand skydives now. <laughs> take me on that journey, that career. How, so you, you well, start so skydiving. Basically, you know, I, I start skydiving, and you know, and I just it was it was like an epiphany for me. You know, it was something that um, that I started to do and. And it was like I stumbled across it like anybody. It's like, oh, let's go try this out. 
and I went to try it out and it was like um, probably I felt more alive than any other time in my life I mean it was just exhilarating and I loved it and so so I got into it you know and I started um, I started skydiving and and then in order to support my skydiving habit I for a while I lived in the back of my truck um, I um, I packed parachutes for other skydivers just so I could make enough money to get in the plane um, as soon as I could I bought a video cam quarter and mounted it uh, to my helmet and there, there was other skydivers that kind of supported me you know they thought that I was flying pretty well and that I could handle flying video and I loved it I mean it was like it was the best thing in the world was to go fly through the sky and learn how to chase down something and film it. You know, luckily there were people though who believed in me and so they got, they literally got me a job uh, filming people doing their first jumps. And then at the time there was another small parachute center called Skydive Hemet and um, the people at Skydive Hemet literally hired me and so now I'm making like 25 bucks a jump filming yeah. people doing their first jumps. I was in heaven. It was anyway, so yeah, so I was really in the video, but then honestly, I was starting to kind of burn out on it. Um, because filming skydivers that are making formations uh, and filming tandems challenging for a while, and then it became pretty easy and I started to burn out on it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, filming tandems I really liked because it was like watching people cross this, like, cross this barrier, you know, where. You know, if you the first time you look out the door of an airplane, all of your instincts are telling you no, and yet you have to override them. So if you're doing a tandem or a first student course, you're basically overriding your instincts and you're surrendering and jumping in the air. So, um, you know, anyway, you know, I started to burn out, but, but luckily I, I ran into a guy who was practicing freestyle at the time and I had heard from other skydivers other camera flyers that filming freestyle was super difficult you really had to fly hard uh, in order to keep that person in target in order to keep that person in frame because every move they did would cause them to either slide left right go up it would change fall rate this person is going all over the sky and your job is to is to actually match them but you know I was starting to burn out and this this freestylist you know invites me to come along with them and and my very first jump with him I you know I chase him out of the plane and I'd never flown so hard in my life I mean I felt like I felt like a human jet literally all right, so like the target is in front of me mm -hmm. but in this case I mean, this guy was just doing a routine. I knew nothing about it, so I'm just like, I'm just gonna chase him down and see what happens. And so I went after this guy, and I'm flying as hard as I could ever fly in my life. I open my parachute. To, in a sense, chase him. Yeah. I open my parachute, and I'm out of I'm entirely out of breath. I'm exhausted from just like, you know, 45 seconds of chasing this guy, and I was hooked. I mean, it was like, it was so challenging and there was so much to learn. 
and I can't say I was really any good at it, but I was, but I was actually a pretty good camera flyer, um, and so, you know, I was able to capture this guy. Right. And so he invited me to 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 begin training with him, and I just, I just was like, yes, I'm in, you know, because it just felt so amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I I start chasing this guy around, and then... Now, know, when you say this guy, who is this guy? Uh, his name is Rob Harris. Okay. Um, and then, you know, he starts to get into sky surfing. He decides he wants to take sky surfing up. What is sky surfing? Um, sky surfing is when you put something that looks a bit like a snowboard... Uh, uh, you attach it to your feet and you they call it sky surfing because it really looks like you are surfing the air you're okay. surfing the air you're surfing the clouds and um, I always found sky surfing like visually compelling because it was like it was something that people on the ground could relate to mm-hmm. because there's a person standing up flying on a board and they're doing twists and turns and things like that so you know Rob decides he wants to take up sky surfing. And I'm like, yeah, man, well, I want to fly camera for you. And so we started, we, you know, we just started flying together. And it was like he was starting to build his skills in sky surfing. I was learning more about three-dimensional flying and, and, um, and, and, you know, improving my reflexes and, um, starting to be able to anticipate moves, things like that. And this guy, I don't know, this guy, Rob, was like, he was just like, naturally, without trying, he was just one of these guys that was just, you know, you think of, you think of people trying to be cool, right? Right. And he was just, he was cool. Anybody who met him <laughs> was like, that is a cool dude and he didn't even he he didn't even have to try he was just cool so there was a part of me that just I don't know I just wanted to be around him you know he, he just he was a nice guy um, and and he was just really cool and I enjoyed being around him and so um, he you know he gets in the sky surfing and he starts to improve at a rate you know kind of unlike I'd ever seen like he just he just he was wired for it like he was really really good and he's doing this as a hobby correct he's doing it as a hobby but he's you know he's training he wants to do competitions right okay and um you know we we so we went and did an intermediate competition together and Rob had only like I think maybe maybe a hundred jumps at the time and um, you know, the other intermediate sky surfers, I think we're in the two and three hundreds of jumps or whatever. Right. And, um, but Rob's presentation was so kind of just, it just had a style and a grace to it. And well, how were, how were people able to see this if they're, he's up there like a little dust speck in the sky, like. Well, so, so I'm with him with the camera oh, and I'm, okay. I'm capturing him and then we get on the ground and we, and we give our videos to the judges. Ah, okay. okay. And they, yeah, and then they judge it and they decide, you know, um, you know, who did what, so, how did it look. So there was like maybe 15 teams there um, and, and I'm going to say like 
I'm going to say like eight of, or nine of them were um, advanced. Okay. Like, because it was a world meet. So some of the best sky surfers in the world were there. There were Where guys did... that I couldn't even bring myself to talk to. They were so big. <laughs> in the Where did this take place at? Uh, this happened in Eloy, Arizona, at Skydive Arizona. So you spent your money and you we packed up to... your gear uh -huh. and you, you uh -huh. go out to this place and uh, you're looking at each other going, well, we're going to try. In your mind, were you like, we're going to whip these people or you're just like, oh, let's just do it for fun? Like, where were you at mentally uh, where um, did you, you think you know, you're going to win or do you just like, you're just going to do it and have fun? We were just thrilled to be there, you know, it was like right. just like such a cool environment with all of these skydivers. We knew their names from like publications and newspapers and things. And we were just like, we were starstruck and blown away. It was great. It was really fun. But then, awesome um, experience. you know, we go up and, and Rob's performance was really good. And we end up winning the intermediate division, right? Were you surprised? Yeah, we were. I mean, we... Because it was our first competition, we had no idea where we ranked, if anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we had no idea what to expect. And then when we won it, we were both we, we both got a taste of like, oh my God, that feels really good, you know? And um, and so it's like we just decided, you know what? We're a team. Let's let's train for the next world meet in 1993. Uh -huh. So let's train for, for the competition a year later and and let's see if we can make the advanced division. And so we, you know, we started training. Rob pretty quickly moved on to um, bigger, more advanced boards because you start with a very small board, you know? And you start with that because a larger board can really, you know, if you don't have experience with it, it can it can flip you around and just totally compromise your safety, right? So, so there is potential danger with this. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, sky like sky surfers, we get caught in spins that would literally cause you know their 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 blood vessels in their eyes to pop. You know. Oh okay. Oh yeah, I mean, it was like you could get caught in a flat spin and literally, you know, blackout. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was nothing to, you know, play around with. And so right. you, you sort of uh, work your way up to bigger board sizes. And, you know, Rob pretty quickly, you know, built his way up to um, a more advanced size board. Um, and I just, you know, flying with him, I could just tell that he had kind of a style and charisma that was really good. Like, I mean, there was just something there and I, and I, and I knew it and, you know, there was just nobody else I wanted to fly with. He was, he was great. It was a challenge to fly with him. I was learning a lot. I was mm -hmm. getting better as a camera flyer. And so we kept training, you know, and, and we, we, we go to this, uh, the next world meet we went to was in Emporia Brava, Spain. Anyway, we end up taking third place, which was a big deal. It was kind of like, you know, a U.S. team is on the podium at, at a huge competition in Europe. It was huge. Dominant, it was, dominated by Europeans, yeah, correct? Yeah. yeah. 
And, you know, it was two uh, French teams ahead of us. And, I mean, it was, it was awesome, you know? I mean, it was just like our first advanced competition and we were on the podium. So, you know, you imagine how much that just motivates you to, you know, right. train even harder. And so that's what we did. We kept training and training and training and training and training and training, training, training. And then we go to the 94 world meet in, uh, back in Arizona. And um, we show up. It, what had happened was the, um, before the 94 world meet, the, the, Sky, the Sky Surfing Federation put out uh, put out rules and guidelines for sky surfers and camera flyers, uh, freestyle rounds, compulsory rounds, but um, the camera flyers now counted for about 25% of the score, right? So you're the supporting act, but you're also contributing to the score. So you're not just there to document. So you're not a bystander, you are part of the yeah, when they're going to judge you on how well you're able to um, stay with the choreography, maintain framing and stability, and pull different moves. Can you do a barrel roll? Can you do? Um, can you shoot inverted? Can you fly over and under things? And so we trained for that. We, you know, we were just like. Everybody's going to train for it. We have to train for it. And so that's what we did. And we trained and trained and trained for, for the 94 World Meet. And again, we showed up. And by then, the X Games was coming out. And it was like everybody wanted to qualify. And 10 teams were going to qualify for the X Games. And so um, we, wanted to, we wanted to qualify as, as one of the skydiving teams that went there. That's what we wanted to do. And so we show up for the 94 World Meet thinking... And again, where was this at? This was in Eloy, Arizona. Okay. Okay, it's got to have Arizona. Biggest, biggest parachute center in the U.S. And so um, we, we show up and we start competing and... What really struck me was that, like, all the moves that I had trained to do and Rob's, you know, the, the way he refined his moves and, and, and presentation right. hadn't really been, um, hadn't, you know, the other teams hadn't really done that. We really dedicated a lot of time to, you know, training me how to fly around Rob and we were you know, after our first round, uh, we were in first place by like, you know, almost seven or eight points, which was a pretty good spread. And it was like, you know, it was just like this kind of What was wild, that feeling like? I mean, it was, it was like exhilarating, confusing, um, mind-blowing, awesome, you know, um, it suddenly it's like you know and it was being the event was being covered by ESPN and so you see the cameras just migrating your way right because you're in you're the lead team and so it's like the cameras are coming the eyeballs are all looking at you there's hundreds of people there 
you're walking by and you're you're the team everybody's looking at you know what i mean it was it was really a trip i mean it was like for me it was unlike anything i'd ever experienced in my life i was never like the center of attention you know i mean in fact you know you know i was kind of an outcast growing up in some ways but there we were right and we're we're ahead and we managed to maintain our lead and um you know, we won the competition and it was a big deal because it was like a US team just won, you know, a very popular skydiving event. Um, that, that that's European, usually dominated by the Europeans. Oh yeah, it was entirely dominated by the Europeans, you know. And the 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 second place team um, was it was it was um, Patrick de Gaillardon um, and um, a guy named Andy, oh God, I'm forgetting his last name. It's a foreign name, I, I can't remember. But anyway, um, you know, they came in second. And, and, you know, honestly, I mean, it was like we were exhilarated, but we also felt a little uncomfortable with it because Patrick was God, you know? Like he was a guy we could barely bring ourselves to speak to, you know? And, um, there we were on the podium and you know and and we won this competition and interestingly you know Patrick's reaction to it was you know it was just amazing it was like Patrick was like you know well he won the competition and therefore you know if I'm gonna shoot sky surfing with other sky surfers this is the guy I want to do it with he's you know he's good he's looking at you um no he was looking at 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 Rob Harris at the time saying you know and me saying if we're going to do stuff I want to do it with this team uh, and the next thing you know Patrick has us off like a month later doing this whole MTV program um, where you know he and Rob Harris are flying together in the sky and 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 I'm filming them um, along with one of my idols a guy named Norman Kent so Norman Kent and I are working together filming you know Rob Harris and mm -hmm. Patrick de Gaillardon like, it was a dream come true, you know? It was just mind-blowing. So, you know, we win this competition, um, and, then, and then we go on to, you know, continue training, and we win, we end up winning the X Games, um, which, you know, just was a big, big televised event. Um, and at the time, um, you know, all the different products were like extreme. It was like extreme car, extreme windshield wipers, extreme donuts, extreme hot dogs. Everything was extreme back then. And so, and sky surfing was just so visually compelling. It was like all of a sudden we had all these opportunities to work. So, for what these were some of those opportunities? I mean, like, one of the first ones we did was, um, you know, Squirt. Then we did, uh, you know, an advertisement for Squirt. We did, we, you know, we did Pepsi. We did Mountain Dew, you know. We did um, Pontiac. Um, I mean, it was just, we, it was like all within months, a matter of months. And we were, you know, filming these national commercials. So how do you, how did you run this as a business and figure out what to charge for this? Because it's so new. Well, interestingly, you know, there already, like, there were guys like um, Norman Kent and Tom Sanders and, 
Um, so these are big names in the industry. Yeah, big names in the industry as far as like filming goes. You know, like they had done the James Bond flicks and all that stuff. Right. And um, kind of a big deal. Yeah. So there was sort of like they they pretty quickly Norman Kent especially. It was funny because I I bid on a Mountain Dew job, and I bid what I understood to be the going rate as far as like how much per day to bid at the time. And um, you know, Norman Kent called me up, you know, saying, "What the hell are you doing? You're you're coming into this industry and underbidding and so on and so forth." And I told him what I bid, and he just kind of went, "Oh, okay. Well, that's cool." <laughs> Sorry to bother you. I mean, he was really cool about it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I had more of a conflict with Tom Sanders. Tom Sanders was, you know, was pretty competitive and protective about his business and so on and so forth. And so, you know, we we had more um, uh, more of a conflict at the beginning. Ultimately, it ended up working out. You know, we did some work together, right. uh, filming. Uh, President George Bush when when he did his uh, George Bush senior when he did his first skydive you know Tom Sanders and I worked on that together and um, you know we, we we actually got along you know it was it was nice you know yeah yeah so it was like we had a rough start but um, you know so basically all these opportunities opened up back then if you're gonna film for a national commercial you you needed to shoot film, right? It wasn't right. video. It was, you know, 16 and 35 millimeter film. Right. You know? And um, so, like, I had to take a crash course in it. How do you use this stuff? How do you expose it? How do you, oh my you know? God. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, you know, and, and that way I could tell, you know, if somebody's hiring me, that they'd be like, okay, well, you shoot 35 millimeter film. I'm like, and you're like, of course I do. Oh, of course I do. And then I show up, I'm like, how do I use this thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, um, w one of the one of the sports, you know, great historical figures who was a camera flyer, way way back in the days, like I'm talking the '60s. Um, his wife taught me how to use film cameras. She was, you know, she was also a cinematographer, and. Um, she taught me how to uh, use film cam, you know, his old film cameras, right. and literally set me up with a couple of his old systems, and and it got to the point where you know, for at least for outside stuff, I could just sort of organically do it, right? Um, you just and, knew it. Yeah. And you know, I mean. I saw it as this opportunity and more opportunities were coming. Um, um, Rob and I shot a, a number of commercials together. And, and also, you know, with, with, you know, by then we, we had both joined the Screen Actors Guild. Um, and so, you know, you would shoot a job, you would get residuals um, and, you know, I mean, it really was. Now, why good did money. you join that? What? How did that? Did it help you? Hurt you? Was it necessary? Oh yeah, it was huge. It helped me a lot. So I had a choice of joining either the the, the cameraman's union or the Screen Actors Guild, mm -hmm. and um, because 
I'm a, I'm more of a stunt performer than I am a, a cameraman. Right. Um, you know, th in other words, my primary function was to um, perform the stunt along with the people I was filming and to be able to fly over to them and interact with them. And so I was more of a stunt performer than I was a camera person. The camera okay. was my considered my POV. And so, right. um, and the beauty of that is, you know, being a camera flyer, um, I, you know, was considered a stunt performer and I would receive residuals on um, commercials and things and so you could you could go shoot I mean you could go shoot a job and and you know and, and make a few thousand bucks for the day of shooting and then make another 30,000 bucks um, over you know the course of a year if they ran the commercial a lot um, you know, I mean, for a day or two so of work quite the quite the journey from wedding videos <laughs> so you know, as as this whole sky surfing arena opened up, I realized like this is a path that very, very, very few people uh, will ever have an opportunity to take. And I don't know if I'm going to make more money or less money or what's going to happen here, but I'm taking this path. You know. So you were solid. This was your your jam. It yeah. It was like it was not a hard decision to make. It was like. I'm going to dedicate myself to um, skydiving stunts and so it's like a blend of a, a something that you're passionate about. You turn it into a business, and you're making really good money doing it. Yeah, I mean, when you had work, you made great money. You know, and when you didn't have work, you just you know you 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 trained and jumped and did whatever you did, and then you would get a, a job and make good money and. You know, at the time, extreme was like the everything was extreme, and so we actually picked up a lot of work, you know. And and then and then you know, Rob and I were on one commercial up in Canada uh, in in late '95. What was that commercial? It was a Mountain Dew spot. You know, we we'd already been hired by Mountain Dew before. You know, we'd already been um, hired by. A whole variety of corporations and so we kind of swaggered up there like yeah we know what we're doing you yep. know confident doing your thing doing our thing and um, and this particular commercial Rob was uh, jumping with a with a modified parachute system to hide his the fact that he was wearing a parachute right and um, and the purpose of hiding it is to show that he's just flying through the air yep like like he jumps out of a plane the plane explodes he um, falls through the sky he opens a parachute that comes out of nowhere right and then he he looks down and and he cuts away from that parachute and drops away then he lands on a he lands on a snowboard and takes off snowboarding and you know it's like one extreme sport to the next right so it was like a, a a commercial like a with loads of extreme sports. Right. And um, so on one of the jumps, he's performing the cutaway. And, um, you know, frankly, in hindsight, the system um, 
it was slick, it was very cool, but the way this rig was built, the, the, um, the handles were located um, very, there, there were different handles located very close what together. What are these handles for? One of them was to, one of them was to release, uh, you're wearing three parachutes, one of them was to release the first parachute, um, and then the other one was to, you know, um, cut away your, your main and, and pull your reserve if you had a malfunction. And the, but the two handles were located right next to each other. And what would happen is that you, we would, we would jump with this, this, this special system and it wasn't fit exactly for us. So when, when you pull the, I, I jumped it, uh, a couple of times to get some, to get some shots that we needed. And, um, I basically reached up and pulled the wrong handle because it was uh, just the handles were just located close together. The rig actually kind of rode up on me a little bit because it okay. was a little big on me, and so the the wrong handle was in the right place. I see. Yeah. And I reached for it and I pulled it, and um, what happened was instead of cutting away the third parachute, I literally cut away my main parachute, and. I didn't even know it, so I cut away this parachute, and I go, I drop into free fall, and I reach back, I pull my mane, and it just flies off my back. It's because it's already cut away; it's gone. And um, so you're down to one parachute. I'm down to just a reserve, and I reach, I pull that handle, and I open, and I'm like, "What the heck just happened?" You know, and. So we collect everything and everything gets put back together. And um, what happened was Rob had the same problem. Uh, and, but he was wearing this, you know, fully hidden rig system. And so it, it was, he was in a far more difficult position when it happened to him uh, because he had to reach to places that he, you know, wasn't really trained for, you know. And, um, and so, you know, what happened was, you know, things opened out of sequence and basically, I mean, it was just like, okay, for me, I got lucky when, when, when I pulled the wrong handle, everything flew away. Um, for him, it was like one thing got tangled up with the next and his, his, his third parachute got kind of tangled up with his main. And then, um, he managed to cut those away and then, um, and then. I mean, it just became a, a, a mess, and, and he had to really work to, to cut things away, and then he, right. he finally reaches in and finds his reserve handle. Now, do you notice this taking place? Do you notice this sort of like... Yeah, he, I watched him drop away from me, and, and, and I watched him struggling with it, and, um, and then I see him you know, pull his uh, reserve and I, I see the the reserve parachute beginning to open up, and I thought, you know, I thought he'd make it. Um, but um, uh, the parachute opened the moment he hit the ground, and so he um, he died instantly. You know, he hit the ground and died. And so 
you know, that, you know, I, I come down and I land and I, uh, um, you know, just kind of, that sort of began a real twilight zone-ish experience. It was um, uh, depression, um, just, you know, I, 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 I don't think I handled it very well. I didn't, I didn't grieve, you know, like I just had this emotional, strange kind of a, I don't know how to describe it, but it was like there was this weird disconnect and um, and ultimately, I just you know I just became you know very very depressed, um, and that just felt like you know a big gray bomb. It didn't even feel like I was grieving. It just felt like you know just this nightmare, you know. Um, but. Uh, and it took a while for that to happen to me because I think, you know, like it just, I don't know. I got, I got, I just got really busy after, after the accident and, and I just, I tried to do, you know, what I could do to, you know, I just tried to keep doing the right thing and, you know, I, I was kind of discombobulated. Um, but, you know, I just, like, like for a while I didn't know what I was going to do because he was the only person that I was even working with um, I didn't know at the time that you know some other really terrific opportunities were going to open up um, at the time I thought it was kind of like it kind of felt like it was over it was over with, yeah there yeah. was kind of like a you know like okay that that chapter's over I remember thinking like you know and, I, and I'm not really a religious person but in my mind kept re- kind of repeating it's like God gives and God takes away and it's like you know God gave me this um, you know this 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 person for a period of time um, and you know God took him away um, and so but you know interestingly I, I uh, as I began to try to figure out what to do with my you know, with my skill set and my energy, um, and and I also had a you know a really good reputation in the skydiving community. Right. You know, people thought basically you're really good at what you do and you're a nice guy. You know. Yep. So, a lot of doors opened up. Um, uh, owners of parachute centers would allow me to go and film whatever I wanted. I had lots of ideas, um, and. I started to, you know, I had, Rob and I began uh, making a skydiving documentary and part of it was filming him sky surfing and then we were going to do a bunch of other stunts and work with a lot of other people to make this movie that ultimately became the good stuff, it was called Good Stuff Documentary which is kind of a silly name but it was um, a skydiving video that um, I mean it sold it sold so well in the skydiving community and a big part of it was that you know that I had captured uh, Rob Harris and Patrick de Gallardon, um and you know they were no longer with us uh, there was that and then also you know I just was really I was really into redneck stuff like I loved crashing things I loved 
you know, shoving cars out of airplanes and, and figuring out how to get them to fall wheels to earth. Um, with, you know, you cut the roof off of a car, turn it into a convertible and load it with skydivers and send it out of an airplane, you know? So you talked um, about Rob's story and what happened to him, which is pretty, uh, yeah, pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, and what happened with Patrick? I mean, so I, I should mention though that, you know, Rob, I, man, I mean, it was rough for me, but you know, when I think back on it, what his parents went through, when, 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 when his mom was notified, you know, the cops were going to go knock on their door and I'm in Canada and I can't get over there, you know, I'm all the way over in Canada. Um, and, uh, so I called Sam, um, uh, my partner to go over and break the news. And apparently Rob's mom just fainted and fell on the floor and his dad was just, you know, just, just shell shocked. And, um, so you wanted to do this before the police yeah. walked up to their door and yeah. Yeah, and, and, and sure enough, the police did show up, but by then, Sam had already broken the news. Now, um, do you think that was the right thing to do, or did I, it cause any friction? No, or? you know, I don't think it made it any easier for them. Right, I mean, a fact is a fact. Yeah, and, um, I mean, they were so wrecked by it, and I don't think they ever, I don't think they ever really recovered. Well, losing a child, you know. <laughs> Yeah, That's and he sure. was the apple of their eye, you know? I mean, he was he was this wonderful, super successful, dynamic, cool kid. I mean, they just, you know, losing him for them was, um, was devastating. You know, they were so proud of him. And, um, and he also had a lot of friends. He, he had, you know, he was a popular guy. He had a lot of friends. Um, and so, I mean, there was just so much hurt. Uh, around uh, around his passing, um, I was only you know I was only a small part of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I played kind of a central role because I was there. I was his partner. I was with him during his you know championship years and all that. But um, um, you know I was only one of his. Uh, you know, he had friends that, you know, just like you and me, like he had friends who, you know, he was friends with most of his life I mean, just really cool group of people who were, you know, they were just, they were just freaking devastated and they had a hard time understanding, you know, like we come back going, well, you know, this handle and this rigging and this happened and that, and they're just like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, what yeah. the hell happened? And our explanations just didn't, um, didn't fly, you know? And so it was, it, was, it was really difficult. Meanwhile, you know, I wasn't in touch with my emotions at all. I was, I was in weird land. Um, and so, um, you know, I, have, I wasn't handling it well either. And um, um, it, you know, it was just a, it was just a dis discombobulated, yeah. um, you know, horrible experience. Uh, but, you know, you know, the, the people who do it, I mean, God bless them. It's, it's, it's not safe. It's, it's, it's not safe. I think the folks that are out there doing it are, you know, they're pretty brave.
Joe, what's your uh, website? So if somebody wanted to check out your work, where can they find it? Yeah, so my website is skydive.tv. <laughs>